The only way the truth will set one free is for that one to recognize and embrace the truth. The only way it can be recognized and embraced is for someone, somehow, to put it out there. Beloved, Jesus was putting it out there. Watch this. Let me see your eyeballs, New Life attendees. This is for you. Jesus left it for you to continue the work that he began. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. It really is a pleasure to have you with me as we fellowship together around the Word of God for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. We're going to begin a brand new teaching tonight. During this season of the year, it seems like we hear a lot about the first coming of Christ, the birth of the Christ child. And I'm not going to get into all the ins and outs of that. There's a lot of different theories about that. There are even some uh, who would suggest that we as a church should not celebrate the first coming of the Christ child. Uh, that never has made a whole lot of sense to me. But uh, there's very little talk about the second coming of Christ and the beginning of the second coming of Christ. You see, before we can have the second coming of Christ, we have to have the departure or the resurrection or the ascension of Christ. When that happened, something very significant took place among the church body or the body of Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about in this particular teaching. It deals with the issue of the infilling of Holy Spirit. It's a message we've entitled, The Separation of Powers. I want to read one verse in your hearing. We're going to jump right on into this, and it's found in John our text passage, chapter 16 and verse number 7. And the record puts it this way. You read along with me here. John chapter 16, verse number 7. But I tell you the truth. Now, this is Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. The counselor. But if I go... I will send him to you. Jesus speaking, and he says to his disciples, his apostles, if you please, I'm going away, yes indeed. But when I do, there's something very special going to take place on your behalf. And we'll see if we can figure out what that is. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for each one listening in. And I pray that by your word, you would speak to each heart. Lord, help us to know and understand and to put into practice your word, your truth. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You hang on. Keep your Bibles handy. We'll try to post these verses on the screen for you. But uh, you hold the book on us and see if we're doing it right. You take care. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Let me set the scene for you. If you alike myself have a red letter edition Bible, you will note that from John chapter 12, the latter part of the chapter, 
clean through chapter 17, it is glaringly red. What does that mean, church? That means Jesus has the floor. Now watch this. Chronologically, this is actually, this passage is actually nearing, nearing the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Now be assured, it's very important that you catch this. This is not meaning that in John chapter 16, Jesus is about to disintegrate. That's not what that means at all. You see, Jesus has been around since before time as we know it and will remain around long after time as we know it. John himself tells us, if you would back up to chapter 1 and verse number 1, I've shared this verse with you boo-coos of times over the years, but it's so good, and it really sets a foundation. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Look at this, and the Word was God. Hmm, verse 2, he was with God, he I'm, wait a minute, I thought it was talking about the Word. He was with God in the beginning. Verse number 14 of that same chapter tells us this. The Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of who, John? The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now, as I reread this in the sacred confines of my study this week, it reminded me, I actually believe the Holy Spirit uh, connected with my mind another Old Testament prophecy, a messianic prophecy, if you will. It's found in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number 1. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to look this up with me. And let me take this opportunity to encourage you to leave your cell phones in the car and bring your Bible with you to church, the Word of God with you. Brother uh, Coach Bobby Martin reminded me one time that uh, the Bible will not text you in the middle of the service, but there is a text here for you. Are you with me? So to bring that along, we put it on the screen for those of you that uh, accidentally forgot your Bible, but bring it with you. Isaiah 11 and verse number 1 says this, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Isn't that interesting? A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Now just real quick, when you leave here this morning, if you'll look at those crepe myrtle trees out in front of the church house, you'll notice the, the leaves are starting to fall off of them, but there's little little baby crepe myrtle trees coming out of the bottom. Of those things are, are absolutely remarkable. It's a shoot coming off the bottom or coming off the roots. That's kind of a picture of what's being talked about here. Again, this is a messianic prophecy. It's trying to tell us something. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Somebody tell me about that spirit. It's capitalized. It's talking about Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of the Lord will rest on that shoot. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit, the shoot of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he, that shoot, 
will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions to the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. Wow, by his words, with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. Number one on your study notes, fill this in with me if you would, please. From birth, Jesus' apostles would have been taught to know that Israel was promised a coming Messiah. Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, was the fulfillment of that promise. Now watch, since the apostles lived in the natural world, and we live in the natural world, although the born again are to live a supernatural lifestyle, but for the present we live in a natural world. So did they, and some of them were having difficulty grasping that this Jesus who to their physical eyes appeared as any other man. You know why he appeared as any other man? Because he was fully human. Born, grew up, just like all of us do. And they were looking at him with their physical eyes, trying to figure out some of what was going on. It was very difficult for them to grasp that what they were looking at was actually the Son of God and likewise God's Messiah. But, They were being convinced. Everybody say they were. They were being convinced of this reality inch by inch by inch by inch incrementally. Now, some of you are in the same boat this morning. There's some things you wrestle with, some spiritual things you wrestle with, maybe even the person of Christ or God himself or Holy Spirit that we're going to be talking a good bit about this morning. But inch by inch by inch, incrementally, God is revealing himself to you and showing himself faithful to you. And beloved, if you serve the Lord as long as I have, it's not that you have doubts. You know that you know that you know. So if you have some doubts, can you be encouraged to stick it out, continue to pray, and trust the faithful God of creation to show himself to you? That's what he did with the disciples or the apostles, although it was in a little bit different way, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. It certainly did, uh, did, uh, did the cause no harm, for lack of a better way of saying it, when the apostles watched Jesus perform the miraculous from multiplying one kid's happy meal. At least it made him happy. And he fed thousands of people with that to actually restoring incapable limbs to function once again. They witnessed that with their eyes, and it's hard to refute a cold, hard fact. Say amen right there. So, in many respects, they were not prepared for the bombshell that Jesus is now dropping on them and is recorded in John chapter 16, among a number of other places. Although Jesus had strategically, had been strategically placing some hints all along. At the very genesis of his ministry, he opened up the scroll of Isaiah to chapter 61. 
And he read verses 1 and 2, and he concluded as he read that right there in the synagogue, today this scripture, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It was written hundreds of years before, and it's hundreds of years later, and Jesus is saying, hey, I am the fulfillment of that verse. It was blasphemy nearly to say something like that Unless, of course, well, it wasn't nearly, it was, unless, of course, you were Jesus. So those guys are probably like, I can't believe he said that. But he did say it, and there was a confirmation to them about it, and he would prove to them in the days to come that what he said was true. Much of our text, John chapter 16, is a repeat of John chapter 14. If you've ever read those chapters uh, in a synchronized fashion or, or one right after the other, then you may realize that. And John, John 16 actually further serves to fill in some of the gaps and reinforce a very significant truth about Jesus. Watch this. And Jesus' part in God's overall plan for humanity. How many of you here this morning by an uplifted hand know that God has a plan for humanity? Now, if you didn't know that when you come in, then you can leave here today and you can go tell all your friends and neighbors, man, I learned something over that there New Life Community Church. God has a plan for all of humanity. I want all of humanity to raise your hand this morning. Are you a humanity? Can you raise your hand? I wouldn't raise my hand if you'd throw a rock at me. You'll accuse me of being charismatic. Come on, raise your hand up there. You believe God has a plan for humanity and it's your humanity? I do. Part of God's plan for humanity under and during this New Testament dispensation of time. Number two on your study notes, I'll try to hasten. In so many words... Jesus is telling the apostles that he is about to fulfill, fulfill their Jehovah's, their God's plan and purpose for his coming. He has their attention. He's telling them he is about to leave them. The early verses of our text passage indicated this saddened them. They didn't even want to talk about it. They weren't questioning him about it. It saddened them. He's about to leave them, watch this, in the form they have previously and even presently at that time known him. Look at verse number 7 of our text. Jesus says, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away... The counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now listen, there may be some of you within the sound of my voice in particular listening by way of live stream. You know about God, you know about Jesus, but some of what we're talking about this morning, you can't wrap your head around it. You're like, what in the world is Jesus even talking about? It's good for you that I go away because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I do, the counselor will come. I will send him. Before we get into a lot more of that, note with me, Jesus, he says, I tell you the truth. He not only told the truth, Jesus was the truth. How do you like that? He not only told the truth, 
He was the truth. And the truth, Jesus once made a statement. You can find it in John chapter 8 and the latter part of verse number 32. And it says this, the truth will set you free. What will set you free? The truth. What will the truth do? Set you free. Free from what? Free from whatever has you tangled up. Spiritually speaking, whatever has you bound up, whatever your problem is, whatever your issue is, the truth will set you free from that. Isn't it strange that America doesn't want to hear the truth? They want to stay bound up. Are you listening? to? I figured I'd get a better amen than that. I thought two or three of you talking tongues on that one. Isn't it strange that America wants to stay bound up? They do not want to hear the truth. Isn't it strange that a lot of religious organizations do not want to hear the truth? They want to stay bound up. They would rather say, Pastor, I have this problem. I have that problem. Well, I have a solution. Let's loose you from that. Oh, no. We'd rather stay bound up. You picking up what I'm putting down? Now, the only way the truth will set one free is for that one to recognize and embrace the truth. The only way it can be recognized and embraced is for someone somehow to put it out there. Beloved, Jesus was putting it out there. Watch this. Let me see your eyeballs, New Life attendees. This is for you. Jesus left it for you to continue the work that he began. You have, are obligated as a forever follower, a member of the forever family of God, to take this message out to those that you know. Start with your family. Start with your children. Start with your aunts and uncles. Start with those you work with. Young people, start with your school classmates. Preacher, you know you can't do that at school. No, I don't know you can't do that at school. I did it at school, and you can too. You can tell people about Jesus. Sometimes you have to be smart about it, but you can do this. I can do it. Thank you. Jesus was putting it out there and called us to put it out there. What was the truth Jesus delivered here? He said the truth will set you free. I tell you the truth. What was the truth? Here in John 16, he says it, it's good for you. It is for your good, rather, that I am going away. Wow. Number three on your study notes. Jesus declaration of his going away was a bold foretelling, a bold foretelling of his crucifixion, his burial, and his ascension or his resurrection. Beloved, it was true. Jesus going away was for their good. Watch this. Jesus going away was also for our good. Mine and yours. Whoever you are, you can leave here this morning. These are the times I wish I was just sitting across the coffee table from you saying this is for you. Whoever you are, you can know that Jesus going away was for your good as well. Say amen right there. By his death, we have salvation. By his resurrection and his ascension, we have sanctification or power. Everybody say power. You're going to hear some more about that in the coming days. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. 
Now, I am going to insert one of my famous parentheses right here, and you hang on because I will be back, okay? I want to tell you a story. Are you up for a story? Donna told me at lunch a couple of Sundays ago, I preached a message with a lot of stories in it. She said, people like your stories. I'm like, well, I like telling them too, but I'd rather just bring to you what the Lord tells me, and sometimes he doesn't want me to bring a bunch of stories. This is not one of them. It's a story time with Pastor Terry. Are you ready for this? Back about August, or August if you're from Satsapahal, back about August of 2002, 21 years ago. Sister D, you are gaining some mileage, sister. I'm just telling you. It's 21 years ago, Sister D and myself drove our oldest, Justin Tyler, about three hours up to the road, or up the road to what would become known to us as the Berg. That's our first trip with one of our three to James Madison University. Dukes. You have to be one to get that. Well, we moved him in. How many of you parents have ever been through college move-in day? Can I see your hand? Isn't that a hoop? Now stick with me. <laughs> we moved him in. We frolicked all around campus that day. Got to go to D-Hall where you can eat enough to kill a pig. Basically, we were having a, just really having a good time because every now and then I'd look over and I'm like, man, there's my boy and my boy is in college. That was a big day. He, he'd graduated high school, magna cum laude, and I'd graduated high school, thank the laude. So this was a big day. But about 3 o'clock that afternoon, the frogs, that's an acronym for the Freshman Orientation Guides. It's a group of students that they're really good at walking backward around campus and telling you things. The frogs. About three o'clock, the frogs politely suggested that we parents had served our purpose. Excuse me? We had served our purpose and we had moved our little darlings in. Now it was time for us to move our little selves on back down the road. Now, that's when it hit me. Now, Sister D will have to tell you her own version of this. But that's when it hit me as I hugged Justin, big overgrown rascal. His hair was down to about right here then. Remember that? Hugged him. <laughs> His hair all fell out. That, young people, keep your hair cut or it'll all fall out. I'm just saying. I hugged him. I turned. I think I heard Gary Gammon's amen. I like the way Gary cuts his hair. I bet he don't spend a lot of time grooming that in the morning. Say amen right there. I hugged Justin. I almost said I hugged Gary. I'll hug you too. But I hugged Justin and I walked off. And, and I'm telling you, I was just overwhelmed because I, it, it just come to me in a, an overwhelming way, in a profound way, that my boy wasn't coming back home. He rode up there with us. 
he didn't go back with us. He wasn't coming home. Now, one of my dear friends and trusted mentors and very faithful prayer partner said to me several years ago when that happened, he said, it will never be the same. It will never be the same. You know what? It was never going to be the same, and it hasn't been the same. But, everybody say but. We had some other responsibility back home, namely Barbie Denise and Justin Ty or Caleb Ryan. We got rid of Justin. <laughs> Grocery bill went down tremendously. And we had New Life Community Church and in some respects, Martinsville DuPont Credit Union to look after. We had some responsibility back home. Now listen, I told you that to tell you this. It took a few years. Took a few what? Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. Let me do so by putting this to you. We hinted around at it at the very beginning of the, the program, uh, this particular session. I want to leave you with it again. Those of us who claim the name of Christ, those who claim to be born again, and claim to be headed to God's heaven, we have a responsibility in this present existence. And that is to take the word, the work, the will, the purpose, and the plan of God, and to continue on with the work that God had purposed for His Son, Jesus. Not in the sense of dying for the lost, but in the sense of taking that message about Jesus' death on the cross for all of us, taking that message to everyone we know. We should be purposed to tell everyone we know that we know Jesus and that they too not only can and should, but certainly it is God's purpose and plan for them to know and understand the gospel message as well. When Jesus left, he said to those who were standing around, hey, don't just stand here gawking, looking up into the sky, but you go, you go forth because I am coming back just like I left. He left on the clouds. He's coming back on the clouds. And I do not believe that it's going to be as long as it has been when that transpires. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with the, the work of evangelism? Taking the gospel message to those that you know, beginning with your family, your friends, your work associates, those of you that are in school, your school classmates. How are you doing with that? Holy Spirit has been given to dwell within, to stir that message and to bring that message to us, those who claim Christ, in order to empower us to tell that message. I trust you'll be encouraged to be about that business. Father, I pray for each one listening in right now, and I pray that by the power of the Spirit, we would be stirred from the inside out to take your message, the good news, gospel message about Christ, and not just the first coming, but the second coming, and help us to teach that to those that we come in contact with, those divine appointments that you have for us day in and day out. And we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I want to remind you before we get out of here that New Life has a regular schedule of activity Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also had midweek, midweek, almost sound like Elmer Fudd, didn't it? We have midweek activities that take place on Wednesday night. We call it Family Ministries Night, something for nearly every member of the family, and that might just include you if you do not have a place where you regularly, normally meet with God's people. I also want to leave you with this. We're going to make a very special announcement next 
week on next week's telecast of New Life. And I would encourage you to be here and to keep your ears in tune for that special message. And I trust that you'll be in prayer for us and with us in the interim in the coming days. I am Terry Knighton. want to remind you, beloved, that Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? Mm-hmm.